This is a journey into sound. I know what you pico, heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Fuck the mainstream. Hello everyone, this is Joachim from Sabaton, and you are listening to MSR Cast. Take care and stay heavy. Hey, hello, this is Willa Freeman from Insomnium, and you're listening to Metal Radio MSR. So, 2014 has come and gone. Has it? It has. <laughs> it's, it's funny how the calendar works that way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a good year for metal. It was a good, it was a great year for power metal. Yes, it was. Um, uh, not to jump ahead, but, uh, so 2000, you've already, you've 2000, already 2015 looks like it's going to be a big year just for metal in general. Oh yeah. We'll talk about, we'll talk we'll, about, we'll talk about, about that last. We'll, we'll, Let's we'll, introduce we'll, ourselves first. Okay. Well, I am Sean. I'm also known as the Metal Pigeon, and you are. I am a Carrie. I was formerly, I'm the artist formerly known as Evil C. And we have a special guest today. Hey, I'm back. Hey, hey. it's been a couple days. It's yes, Dave, everybody. <laughs> it's Dave. This is um, this is one of the co-hosts from the Metal Geeks podcast, which is available at www.metalgeeks.net, where uh, we actually just put out uh, our first part of our rewind episode, where we talk about our favorite geeky movies and TV shows. Yep, it was a lot of fun. But this is all metal tonight. This is all metal. Let's get serious. And George isn't here. I, that's right. No George. No Georgie boy. <laughs> so if you want to hear George, you have to listen to the Metal Geeks podcast. But I think there's going to be a little bit of a, some points of contention on this episode. Yeah, I think so, too. I've, I've, I've been looking at our list. That's so. okay. It'll be more interesting than if we all just agreed with each other. That's right. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. You don't agree with that? No. You're just going to disagree? To di- you're going to disagree to agree? No. <laughs> Damn it! So let's get into let's get into it. Um, let, let's talk about the first band that we're going to play. I okay. mean, we're going to jump right into this shit. Yeah, Insomnium. I think we can all agree this is something on all of our lists. Yes, it is. Yeah. Where did it fit on your list, Dave? Uh, nothing's numbered on my list, but it was pretty. They came to mind quickly. I'll put it that way. So I, I didn't number anything on my list, but uh, they certainly came to mind quickly. That. Uh, the, their album is uh, highly highly listenable, so and I've done so at ad nauseum. Ad nauseum, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, this, this people who've listened to the show for you know years and years, we don't really do top ten or put you know, we don't quantify anything. But if I had to quantify Insomnium, it's my number two pick. Okay, we should clarify we're, we're doing we're, we're doing the best of 2014, right? I think we established that. Yeah, maybe? Okay, yeah. If you have a rewind if episode, if you haven't looked at yeah, the title, what's the rewind episode? That's right. Um, yeah, Insomnium made my made number one on my best songs list with uh, um, "Lose Tonight," uh, which I thought was the best song on the album. It didn't. The actual album didn't make my best albums list for a couple of different reasons. Um, well, let's hear those. It wasn't as good as "One for Sorrow." I agree on that. I it do wasn't agree. as good for as um, the songs weren't as catchy. Yeah, well, you know, it just it as a it, as a cohesive album, it just didn't fit together the way the past three Insomnium albums have kind of almost seamlessly blended together mm-hmm. to make this you know three really great albums, one masterpiece, and one for sorrow. And um, there were some songs on this album where I thought they were borderline. I don't want to use the word filler, but I do skip over them when I when I play do the you album. Really? Yeah. 
So uh, for that reason alone, the fact that I had to skip over songs was like a big red flag for me to keep them off my best albums list. So, wow. so for me, um, I, I'm not really knowledgeable about Insomnium, so this was kind of my first like really getting into them. Uh, I've is, this come, your, is this the first album you heard from them in entirety? Or? It, probably in entirety. Um, I had heard them before, uh, usually if I'm listening to like a, like a doom metal radio station or you know melodic metal station or something, they'd pop up and I'd be like, hey, these guys are really good. Yeah. I need to remember to check them out. And then I never really have until this album. And, so. and that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think it, as a, as a, if it's an introduction to a new, to a, someone who's never heard the band before, it's a good introduction because it has, it touches on a lot of things that they do well. In fact, it almost seems like at points they really wanted to go for like above the weeping world mixed with the one for sorrow sort of like do the melodic stuff the kind of uh, melancholy type melodies i wrote um, a i wrote a line in my in my review for uh, knac.com knac yeah. i wrote um it's modern melodic finished death metal in all its haunting glory yeah but they've done it better I mean, they're, they're, sure. the high moments are high on this album. The low and moments the, the, are low. And the other moments are just like, ah, like the, they, that seems like what, filler okay. for you guys. Can you pinpoint a track that you would skip over? Uh, well, there are a couple of them towards the end. I thought the album started really strong. I thought the first five songs were really great. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the album, I start, my, my attention would wander. I would listen to the album and I start thinking about other things, you know, <laughs> or like just I, I would tune out and like not even realize I was listening to the album. That's mm. a bad sign, for especially for a band as gripping in the past as as they have been. Is let's write, let's play one of those songs in. Okay, no, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, but, hey, it's just you do three stellar knockout albums in a row, yeah. and then you have one album that's just that you can just say, "Oh, that's a good album." It's not great. It's just good. That's it, nothing to be ashamed of. So, and good I job, did, I did see. I did an interview with Insomnium before the album came out. Which I haven't really used that as an episode yet because it was a little weird. I was I was hoping to get the promo before the album came out, but they were still working on stuff. They released like one track already at that point, and I just never really released the interview because it didn't really live up to what I wanted it to be because I hadn't really heard the album. You know, it was hard to really get into it. But it was a great interview. Maybe one day in this this year I will release it. Yeah, and, and you know what the weird thing is that like, that the first song they released on the album was Ephemeral. Yeah, and they I did like an EP for that. I like the the mix on the EP better than the mix on the album. It's different. Yeah, it is different. And the mix on the EP was more like, uh, or maybe less layered and just more direct. Mm-hmm. More and raw. like and like I like the the presentation. Like the vocals were pushed up in the chorus. And then the album, everything seemed kind of like laid under the guitars and all the effects. A lot of people complained about One for Sorrow that way, that the production was a little murky. It was like... But see, I, I think the murky production yeah. helps that album. I, I, think, I think it makes it, it... I think it's like a it's like a texture of the album. And because it carries all the way through, it's just a feature of the album. It's like saying Blackwater Park sounds too foggy. It's like, what do you... Not, like, what, what do you expect? It's not Dream Theater. This is Opeth, you know? Like, <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know. I just... Yeah. I, I think Insomnium. I think what they. I think what happened was they tried to do too much with this album. They tried to make it as aggressive as above the Weeping World, and they tried to do the same. And they tried to have the the kind of dreaminess of One for Sorrow, and it just doesn't. It doesn't work. You have to have either or. I don't think they. I don't think you can do. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, really? both parts can fit together. It's just in moments, but not not, in not, in, not in terms of entire songs. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. You're making me one for sorrow now. Yeah. 
So that, any, that album to me, um, I agree. One for Sorrow is probably anything the past ten years. Is yeah, probably it's, in it's my, up it's in there. my top five. It's in my top five, definitely. Yeah. I'll be checking that out then. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely check that out. That album has moments, right, where it it's like some of the most emotional music I've ever mm-hmm. heard. This nice. the the guitar tones yeah. and the. And it's not—it's not really and like the, the vocals, the placement yeah. of the melodies. The fact, like, there's a song on on One for Star where it where it trails out with this like piano echo of what the guitar riff was. Like, who thinks of that? And that's so brilliant and it's so like chilling and uh, the, like, okay. The the two three to three minute intro track on the album is more heartfelt and emotional than most metal band yeah. that I've heard today. Just Agreed. for the intro track. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the brand new album, which is Shadows of the Dying Sun. Yep. Which seemed to be a theme this year a little bit. Dying stars and suns. Yeah, and, what was up and, with uh, all the spheres on album covers this Sanctuary year? Sanctuary did the same thing. Like the year was, the sun died. Good, yeah, the year the sun died. I, I can think of a couple other. Uh, I'm, I'm getting, drawing a blank, of course, right So now, do you but, think the Sanctuary and Insomnium go together? Because one's Shadow of the Dying Sun, <laughs> and the other one was the year the sun died. So they... <laughs> They, you can listen to them right after each other. And they, supposed to, I'm sure they planned it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Are they? Let's <laughs> see what right. Insomnium is Century Media, and Sanctuary is Century Media. I think they're just using wow. The I same think we just come across designer. something there. Unco- <laughs> uncovered the conspiracy. So check Century Media's album listings for the year and see how many astral bodies pass away. <laughs> is, that, is that telling us something about There's the some, sun this year? Century Media is a, a front for some sort of. Shadow conspiracy yeah, government or, thing. or shadow sun cult or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're into all these conspiracy series. What so? I, yeah, I'll cook something up. There we go. By the yeah. way, real quick aside, did anyone see Dave Mustaine's tweet about chemtrails the other day? No. Oh no. my God, he needs to stop with that. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> okay, moving on. What? No, tell me. What, I'm, I I got to know what it said now. Just like he was saying, he like posted a picture of chemtrails, and he was like, "One day they'll thank me" or something. I don't, it was something ridiculous. Like I know he's been on chemtrails for a couple years. He needs to stop with the chemtrail business. I just that's just stop. <laughs> Maybe that's what half of his band saw too. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Like they this guy is going a little nuts. Come another on. band meeting where we spend half the time talking about chemtrails. Like that's <laughs> it. All right, so let's get into the first track of the evening. This is uh, Insomnium, of course. The song we picked is "Lose Tonight," and the album is "Shadows of the Dying Sun." 2014 Rewind.
And you were listening to Insomnium, Lose Tonight. It's a great track. Uh, great is an understatement. I, I, I think <laughs> I listened to that song more than any other song this year. Just kept on going back to it and going back to it. It's such a, such a beautiful, melancholic uh, little gem. And yeah, so you, you, you're, you have a, um, a website called mm-hmm. TheMetalPigeon.com. And on that yeah. website, that said website... You did a couple of best of lists yourself. Yeah, yeah I do too. I, I, I do the best songs of the year, and then I do uh, and then after that the best albums of the year. And that's funny. We'll get to our best songs because I have some best songs that I'm going to talk about that didn't make my best albums. Yeah, no, I think it's important to to do both because there are there are the gems on these albums that yeah. will make your your cut your best of album cuts. And uh, so I get so disappointed sometimes to go to see metal websites that only do albums, right? It's like yeah, you you know get a little in depth into it or whatever. What was so. your best concert of the year? Let's go there. The Sonata Artica show was the best show I, yeah. I went to this year. Yeah, just because I was so surprised at how good all the all the bands were. Surprised you haven't bought the car yet. Uh, the, the Sonata. <laughs> you just added an Arctica to it. <laughs> Every time I, I see one of those cars, I'm like, so, I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> So oh. you either got to buy a Sonata or you have to buy um, what's the the company that always supports metal, the car company that's oh, doing all the Sci- Scion. Scion, there you yeah. go. I have a yeah. Toyota, and Toyota owns Scion, I believe. Yeah, there you go. You're, there you go. That's you're supporting. Yeah. What was your favorite show of the year? Uh, it didn't hit that many, so I was actually thinking about it. Um, I got to ins- I got to see Enslaved finally this year. So yes, that's going on my list because Enslaved is one of my all-time favorites. And I've never got to see them before. I saw them so. two or three years ago. It was Demi Borgir. Cool. Which was fucking that was amazing. was at the House of Blues, right? Yes, it that was. was it there. Was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't go to that show this year. I don't think I was in town for some reason. Yeah. That one, th- that was a good one. And um, Behemoth was another yes, treat for we were me there. this year, too. I know, yeah, you were at that I one. I missed that one. Um, but I haven't, I hadn't seen Behemoth since uh, Zoskia Cultus. And, we're, and Behemoth is going to be here at the end of the January yeah. as we record this. It was uh, Cannibal Corpse and Aeon and I can't remember who else. <laughs> I, I can't either. But that's all you need right there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. what What is my favorite show this year? I don't remember what I saw. I think you would say Guar, right? Favorite? Maybe. It was a lot of... It was fun. It was, it was cool to, to see that um, tribute to Odorous, you know, to Dave Brocky, but I don't know if it was my favorite. Hmm. I don't have to think about that. Yeah. John um, Oliva? That was last year, though. Oh. That was last December already. Yeah, yeah, okay, never mind. 2013. Last last year, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It goes by quick, man. Yeah. It really does. Let's move on to the next track, then. Okay. Um, this is something we all picked. Uh, did you, what about this band? Is this band on your radar? Well, I definitely liked um, King of Errors, the the song they did the the, the fantastic video for. We're talking about Evergrey, of yeah. course. Um, I didn't get to listen to the album, so uh, because I wrote Evergrey off a while ago. No, no, don't. But yeah, okay, I'm so changing my mind. I'm I'm having I'm revisiting them. Just the like last Barack album Obama. they put out was it that what that Monday morning or I can't no. remember. There was a song the album after that too, and it never it never hit me. Yeah. It was just sort of, uh, okay, so it was, it's a new uh, Evergrey album. Glorious Collision was 2011. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I saw them on that tour when they, when they toured uh, for that I album. I was there, yeah. Yeah. That one wasn't great. I didn't think Torn was all that gripping either. 
Something but about this album. I I like Evergrey. I love yes. Tom England. I love their leads. I love their whole sound is fantastic. And I I mentioned to you the other day, um, discussing this new album, that Evergrey is one of those bands that doesn't hit regular rotation for me. But then right. every time I'm like, hey, I need to listen to them again. I'm like, why don't I listen to this more? Yeah, um, exactly. And this new album is to me phenomenal this is ever gray like they should be to me every, i totally agree every track on this album it's it's top notch it reminds me it, it harkens back to the day of the first album i ever really heard from them was recreation day yeah and that is one of my all-time favorite albums everything about that album is perfect and this in him for the broken is right behind there in terms of how great of an album it really is yeah i'm gonna go back and revisit it the entire album so please do yeah they're begging you. Yeah. <laughs> and don't make them depressed. <laughs> well, no, actually, make them depressed. They'll write better enough music. already, right? <laughs> yeah. Keep on making them depressed. They'll write better music. But yeah, the um, the track that we're going to... We sort of have a, a... We couldn't decide which track to play. Yeah. You picked the track, and I picked the track. Well, and to me, it was more... Uh, I just kind of... Because I was trying to think of what off of here I would want to pick. And yeah. uh, I was at the house before I came over to, to record this... And uh, I was just kind of like picking some at random. And I think that that was the last one that I had gotten stuck in my head. Uh-huh. And so that was the one that I picked. But it's a good track. I though. don't think, I don't even know that it's necessarily my favorite on the album. It's hard for me to say because there's so, there's so much good stuff there that really you could pick, you know, there are many songs off the album that would. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. The uh, track that I was thinking about playing is A New Dawn, which just starts off just infectious in your head. But since you are a guest, we will uh, we will pick, play your song. Aren't you sweet? I know. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And you can pay me the five bucks later if you want. Okay. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I, I picked uh, Black Undertow uh, just because it's got that it's it's got that catchy to it. So, have you heard this track? No, nope, no. Nope. This will be the first time. All right. Well, let's let's get into the track, and then once we get back from the backside of it, we'll uh, discuss it a little bit more. Here's some Evergrey. Only breathe in the darkness Feels like a black undertow Only breathe in the darkness Let what is left just unfold A black undertone
And we have returned to the uh, 2014 Rewind of MSRCast, episode number 164. And we just heard something that's um, on Dave, both Dave and myself's list, and that's Evergrey. I think it just has all the Evergrey stuff, man. It's got Tom England being emotional and belting it out. It has those layered keyboards that I've mentioned, the, the drone element to yeah. their keyboards that I really like. Um, and uh, Droney. Yeah. It's the last the last few notes right there. It's just like the the keyboard, the it's just it's just emotional. Mm-hmm. Like wow. All right. Very it sets a mood very very All much you so. need is, you had me at Tom England's vocals. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think for the your first yeah, time hearing that track? Cool cool song. Yeah, I liked it. I like that riff in the middle, that kind of gargantuan riff and mm-hmm. pummeling percussion section. I love that. Yeah, that's a that's a good term to describe them. Their their riffs are are massive, really. Yeah. But it never overpowers the their music. Yeah. Which it, it's a, it's a hard uh, balance to really make, you know. Yeah. Some bands try and they fail. Yeah. I'm not mentioning any names, but <laughs> we're not going to go there. So let's talk about um, let's not go straight into our next tr- song, but let's talk about some of the other albums that really um, we enjoyed this year that didn't maybe make our top ten, or hmm. if we were not to quantify something, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It, well, let's talk about songs that were um, that we're not playing that you really enjoyed. Uh, well, I think that you know the Sonata Arctica thing stands out to me because, uh, yeah, the album didn't make my best albums was because it's it's a flawed album. But when I saw this, what it's a flawed album. Um, when I saw the what makes the, it flawed is it the weird, it's the vocal, weirdness, the voiceover stuff. It's the well, and, and then some of the songs are kind of undercooooked also. Yeah. But like. When They're I, all dente. When, when I, when <laughs> I said on purpose, when I saw them play live, the, the few songs they did play live off the new album, when they were played live, they came all they they they, yeah. they were like, oh, they, all of a sudden they came alive to me, and I I felt like they were stronger than I, even like the really awful track X marks the spot. They played that, and I thought like, man, it sounds really good live. Like that chorus really pops. It's just the all the. the you think it was the production of the album, maybe. It's just the production choices they make so much. It's like the, their production itself, it's fine. It's just that the they don't have an editor and they're saying, Tony, maybe this isn't a good idea to have this weird preacher guy in there. He's like, no, no, it, it's great. But when you see him acted out on stage, like you see that he's trying to tell a story. Like yeah. he's he's going, he, he's almost. He's trying to put some narrative into it. He's It's like a narrative. And he's like, basically, like when you see him do it on stage, he's like performing these songs almost theatrically. And you're like, okay, that's what he's trying to get across in the record. The problem is that it's not, performance art on the album it's just art it's just recorded music you know it's audio yeah you can't really so I don't know I, I, I sort of have had a change of heart about that album not enough to put them up in the list but it's worth listening to that album it's not quite the throwback to the classic album days or the of their their glory era but it's still a good it's not an Arctic album it's good it's not great what about you Dave any other any other tracks um I hadn't really given that any thought. I think that's an interesting approach to it, and it's not an angle that I was considering coming into this. So I don't have <laughs> I don't have any like individual songs. I think that's fair. That, to say. yeah, I don't have any individual. We asked you songs. for your best, not to think of the the, the yeah. ones that didn't make it. Yeah. See, um, I, w- I would also throw at the gates in there. If we were we were talking about this before the episode. 
at the gates. Are we gonna let's just talk about at the gates. Yeah, because so do it. it. I threw it on the table. I, I did have I did have at the gates as kind of an honorable mention in mine, uh, it, or at least something noteworthy that I felt deserved. Oh, addressing definitely noteworthy. They released an album. Sure, <laughs> it was noteworthy how unremarkable it was in the end. And I bet you we're the only people in the entire metal industry that feel that way. No, I don't think so. I think there are a lot of people. I, I, at least I read a lot of year end reviews where a lot of people kind of pointed out like, yeah, the At the Gates album didn't quite make it for me. Especially some of the guys that, um, uh, like Matt, you know, popular Matt, like Revolver didn't go. Yeah. didn't get that. And, high. You know, and it felt like a lot of the people that did pick it felt maybe they were obligated to say that was in their top. I felt like when I saw the album on people's like top five of their top twenty best metal albums yeah. of the year, I felt like they were reaching because yeah. I, I looked at everything they had behind it and I was like, really. So, Two thousand fourteen was a phenomenal year for metal. It, was, it really it was. was yeah. I, I found that out in kind of prepping for this even within the past couple weeks because uh, I've I've mentioned to, the, to you guys before that I've I'm very behind he was this year. Prepared. Very, and there's so That's much okay, stuff though. that happened this year that I I missed. Because even, even if I would pick my top 50 albums, I don't think that would have still been enough. It was crazy how many good albums there were this year. So I to to me back on the to the at the gates point to maybe illustrate your point a little bit. I enjoyed it when I listened to it. I was like, this is cool. I'm in. I am enjoying this at the gates album. And then I realized today while I was putting my list together that I hadn't even thought about it since then. Exactly. That the only time I've ever listened to it was when you're preparing to talk about it on the last one of those episodes. And I was I was like, because I was looking through you know albums that came out this year to make sure that I wasn't missing anything that that I did find noteworthy that I've just slipped my mind. And I went, oh, holy shit, yeah, there was that At The Gates album. I totally forgot about yep. that. And so I guess that, that speaks to your point. Yeah, and I, and I feel like um, the other thing is that it, the At The Gates album feels so unremarkable because you their sound has been pilfered to death in the past you know 15 plus years that when, you, when they've come back and they've made an honest album, I'm not saying that, that they're underachieving or anything. I just think that like that's what they know how to do. Moore's Principium EST, however you say that band name, did it better. Oh, yeah, and you're right, and, and exactly. And that, that was like one of those sweeper albums too. Uh, that one we can talk about that later. But they, but the, you know, the at the gates. The problem with that album is that you feel like you've heard it all before because you have heard it all before. And so when you hear it, a new album by them now, you're like, well, it doesn't have the same impact that. It, like uh, my first listen of Terminal Spirit is it was a, it felt a little little too little too late. I wouldn't even say that. That sounds too harsh. I would like there's that 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 one song on there that's really great. Um, can't remember the name of it now, but it's been so long since I listened to it. But that song held held some promise as mm-hmm. to like what they can develop if they decide to do another one, where it was like a little more adventurous, a little more kind of dissectiony, and had some weird elements to That's it. That's the track we played on the couple episodes. Yeah, ago. exactly. Yeah, that one. And um, I think there, I think that has like a little kernel of like, oh, so you can do something interesting with that, make it a little more epic and a little more uh, in depth, uh, rather than just being surface mellow death, basically. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like a movie, you know, like a sequel to a movie that you didn't really expect to see coming and you watched it and you're like, oh, that was a sequel. Yeah. That's basically how I felt. It, I, I, you know, just to reiterate, it, it, to me, it was enjoyable. It just didn't stick. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. So I, I, I think in, 
I bet if I put I, it on in the middle of like 2015, if I listen to it again, I'll probably be like, well, it's not as bad as I thought it was, or it's not. It's, well, I'm sorry, not as bad. It's not as um, middle of the road as I thought it yeah, was. Like, yeah, it's better than that. But I, I don't I, know. It's set against the weight of so much expectation, though. That, and that I think that's really the 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 thing is yeah. that there, there's so much expectation there that I I think. On its own, it it would have been a a decent album that came out this year, uh, but that it's at the gates and you expect so much and and, or, and maybe or, or it's been so long you don't even know what to expect. Well, and yeah. that and and I I think that when you get into a situation like that, when you have such an iconic band who's been out of the game for so long, who then shows up, you want every part of it to be the greatest thing you've ever heard yeah and i think that may be a little that's unrealistic i also think um, they had the misfortune of coming after carcasses come back out yeah <laughs> yeah that's hard for anybody yeah. to come back from and, and that's what a lot of people might have been like in fact me that's what i was looking at like well this is the benchmark now surgical steel is the benchmark so you know it has to at least attain that level of greatness and it didn't so yeah I mean, i'll talk about a couple tracks that um I don't know if we're going to play them, but they definitely um, made some of my favorite al- songs of the year, not maybe some of my favorite albums. Um, the band Mayan, which is um, the, the lead guitar player um, with a Mark, can't think of his name now, from Epica. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mark um, Jan- Jansen? Yeah, there you yeah. go. Mark Jansen. Because Epica put a new album out in 2014. It was good. Yeah. But it. It wasn't. A, I mean, there's good tracks on it, but it wasn't. Is it's hitting to me as this Mayan album. Um, the album, the song is that I picked is called "Burn Your Witches." Love that track. It's 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 infectious. It's it's everything you really want. It's a, it's a little bit har- harsher than what Epica does, but I don't know. It's it's a really great track. Um, something that you probably don't like at all. The band Freak Kitchen. Um, who okay you're probably looking at them in the wrong way they are um, first of all that name this is is a you problem (laughs) I'm sorry it's not me it's you this time Um, it they're okay they're novelty not but you know how extreme was there the the lead guy in this band is a singer and he's like a virtuoso guitar player which I've never heard of him until this year but um, they don't take themselves too seriously, like sort of like Pain and Salvation in that avant-garde, weird, you know, way. I'm also you know not I mean? a fan of Pain and Salvation. Well, there you go. <laughs> There's the answer right there. But um, the track that that really sticks out in my mind, it's called "Saving Up for an Anal Bleach." Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> you know, I, I know you got better things to save your money for, but you never know. Now, this song is really catchy. The, um, I mean, the lyrical content is pretty, pretty silly, um, talking about Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But it's a lot of fun. And that's sometimes that's all that really matters. If you have fun listening to something, didn't Pain of Salvation release an acoustic thing this year, and it it's, was just god awful? It's not god awful. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually, it's actually coming out in America soon, so... Okay. Um, I heard a couple of tracks from it, and I was just like, hmm. But you said you, you admitted you're not a fan of Pain of Salvation, so you don't get I it. have tried and tried with that band, and it's just it's not working. I've actually tried. Sat there and given them honest shots, and it doesn't work. I, I, I All right. Well, this, this is one of Schnarf our points. agrees. The dog agrees. <laughs> this is one of our points where we'll just agree to disagree yeah. here. 
Um, Hellstar put a brand new album out. Yeah. And there's a track on this brand new Hellstar album that is nothing like anything they've ever done before. It's called Cursed, and it's it's basically their tribute to like old school doom, Candlemass, and it, it's really really amazing. It is good. Yes. I, I have heard that one. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the last one I wanted to mention, um, or there's a couple more. Let's see, uh, Nubis Gate really came out late in the year. Yeah, you were talking about them, and I never got a chance to check them out. I I, I have a couple of their older albums. They they've been around since like you know early two thousand ish, maybe late nineties, but. Um, this album is called, let's see, uh, Horizons, which we should like that, d- being Disney geeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, the track that uh, really sticks out to me is called Never Like This, A Dream, and it's really, really catchy. It's very high-end prog metal, man. But I like, what I like about this track is it's later down in the album. There's probably about seven or eight out- songs later in the album. They revisit the scenes to the song in a 14-minute track. Hmm. It's really cool because, like, the first time I listened to the album, I'm like, "Oh, okay," and it didn't really. I didn't catch on to it. The next time I listened to it, I'm like, "Wait a minute, it's the that's the song from before," and it was just so cool how they did that. And but the the whole album is really really good. Yeah, I need to go back and re-listen. It's to this something one. that I think you would really really like if you listen yeah. to it more. It just it came in too late in the year. It did. I didn't have enough time. Um, Gus G, the guitar player from Ozzy solo band and from Firewind. Put on a solo album this year. Um, the track that I picked that I really, really like a lot is called My Will Be Done. It's very catchy and poppy, but Matt Levin is an amazing vocalist on this album. X-Therion, X-Dream? Uh, no, no, I was going to say Dream Evil. No, he's now officially in Candlemass. Really? Yeah. Huh. Who was he with before Candlemass and after Therion? It was it was some band he was with but in between. This is where you pick up you have to go encyclopedia. He has done Metallica. a lot of things. I I know that he was singing for um uh oh I want to say freaking uh Yingve, right? For us for a I think he band. was singing for Yingve for a, for maybe for a, a, bit. a tour or something. I'm going to I'm going to pull him up on the on the internet. I'm not going to You know what was a wiki? Dis- I'll tell you what was a disappointment uh for me personally this year was both of the Chris Black albums didn't do much for me the um dawnbringer i thought that was a subpar release for them this year and then he also had um high spirits uh who had an album called you are here and i, I thought both of them were sort of like compared to what he what they did the last time what, what he did the last time with both of those projects i thought they were subpar and that, that sucks because dawnbringer a couple of years ago they released into the way or the sun god and that was just like an amazing album so what was disappointing about it, it i don't know why the new the new dawnbringer album just like it just, it just fall. It just falls flat. It's like a, it's like a soda with no carbonation. There's nothing exciting about it. I was just so disappointed. Like, so know. let's see. Matt Levin has been in um, right now active. He's in Candlemass and Crux, which was you know, part, mostly Candlemass, but Abstract Algebra, Adagio, oh, Advanced. That's Advanced. what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Ingve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I wasn't just making that up. You're right. He was in Yngwie. And he was on albums, too. He, uh, if you ever get to, um, maybe, yeah, just go on YouTube and watch Therion's Live in Mexico City. And he does a great job singing for them. He was great on the Gothic Kabbalah album, too, for Therion. I, I love that guy's voice. 
He was a replacement vocalist for Firewind for a bit. Oh, right. That's probably why we why he's on this album. Yeah. I don't know. It's a really good track, though. I mean, uh, some of the songs on it are a little too radio friendly, poppy. Yeah. But you know, you can overlook it. I mean, there's some good tracks with like you know Dave Ellison's on there. And... You, you mean radio friendly, poppy, as in like American formatted the rock radio yes, style? Yes, rock radio. That's unforgivable. I hate that. Nope. <laughs> Like it's okay. It's okay if you're in power metal and you're poppy. That's just like uh, peanut butter and bread. They go together. Don't be ashamed of it. But if you're rock radio poppy, rock radio is the banana in that scenario. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) or the Vegemite. Put it that way. (laughs) The Vegemite. That's right. Um, Let's go on to our next track that we're actually going to play for the evening, which is which is something you picked. Oh, Grand, yeah, Grand Magus. Yeah. Magus? 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 We'll, Magus? We'll figure this out by the end of the episode. Should be Magus. Um, Magus. This album came out early in the year. Yeah, it's a day, like January, wasn't it? And so it? when I was sitting there in December, like, pouring through everything I had to listen to, like, I got to the Grand Magus album, and I was like, that's right. I had listened to this album a ton in the early in the early part of the year, just nonstop for a while there, and then... You know, other albums came out. I had to put it aside, but that is such a. It's my favorite album by them. I thought the Hunt, the one they did before, yes. was good, but this one smokes it. Just utterly destroys it. Every song on here is great, and the, and the song that we're going to play is my personal favorite. It has this. His voice almost has this sort of um, James Hetfieldish style. Yeah, yeah, that sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he even throws like a yeah in there at, at, at some point in the song. Um, that uh, so with the hammer will bite is what we're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's yeah, let's let's get into it. We'll play yeah. the song and we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get back. Yeah, yeah.
dancing with magic and play Art from a horse, a fatal mistake for this day Protector of Asgard, never lack courage The towering help to the giants who fail Hammer will bite, no other choice than surrender Bow to the might, a fiery death from above
That was Grand Magus. Yeah. Magus. Yeah. That is from the album. The uh, album is called <laughs> Power and Glory. And the song was called uh, The Hammer Will Bite. The Hammer Will Bite. Uh, did you just check out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, I was thinking about Michael Keaton. I was trying to remember what movies he was in. Never mind. That was an off uh, podcast conversation. Yeah, Michael Keaton was in a movie called Multiplicity. Well, I was trying to think of what he Never was seen in that after. movie? No. Well, Beetlejuice? Oh, that, oh, no, I've seen Multiplicity. You ever seen Beetlejuice? I have seen that. What about, there's uh, a movie called ba- Batman. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Batman? What else? White Noise. Okay. Nobody, uh, nobody saw that. that I, didn't, I didn't see it either. So. <laughs> <laughs> nobody saw White Noise too either. Let's get back to the metal though. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this Grand Magus song that we just heard. Grand Magus. I, I, I'm gonna have to look. How do you say that really? It's gotta be. Keep ma- on talking magus. amongst yourselves. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my money on Magus. I think that um, they have found their sound. When they started out, they used to be very doom, doomy. You know. And uh, the last album, The Hunt, Their name was like, is very doomy. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's very much in that style. But the last album was the first album where they really started to mix in just kind of like traditional heavy metal type stuff with it. And this album, like a dash of like um, kind of power metal, just a little bit, like in terms of how catchy they made the album. Um, it's such a, it's just a, such a solid album all the way through. It's, it's uh, no, no filler tracks on it. And um, I just thought that song in particular was really great because it had just such an ep- it had the epic feel, but still that punchy, super catchy chorus stuff they deliver on some of the other it's songs. It's sort of stonerish, yeah, doom yeah. power metal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, very James Hetfieldish. I wouldn't have, Hetfield, I wouldn't have Hetf- gotten that if you hadn't said so. I, I, think. I know you've listened to the album. You will. Yeah, oh, really? it's very James Hetfieldian. Okay. <laughs> if Shakespeare would have said, "Yeah, and it's that kind of James Hetfield that you like, you remember that he doesn't do anymore, or that he he does, yeah, he still does. He, he, he's, he's like very twangy about it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. So let's look at our list. What do we have coming up next? We have something that might be a, a like, little... just so everyone knows the list is so far away. That, like, that the it, only I... person that can see it is <laughs> Carrie. Yeah. So... Y'all can't see that list. I can't <laughs> no. see it. Uh, you I, mean, I, have good, glasses I have good vision, but I can't see that. It's well, all it's have, at an angle. I have a monitor in my way. Like, okay, so. that's true. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Redeemer of Souls. Judas Priest. Yes. Did not make my list at all. You know, I think it was hit or miss for a lot of people. But I, I was talking to someone who just absolutely couldn't get into the album, and they were just like, they were writing Judas Priest off, and I was like, Are you? Have you not listened to this album? Did you not? Do you not realize like the diff- like the songs like on this album are just like the best Judas Priest songs in twenty years? And someone will say, Well that's not saying a lot. I say it is. <laughs> I say it's saying a lot. I say the fact that they, they, they lost a major member mm-hmm. in, in KK Downing. That is that is noteworthy. And the fact for that, sure. that the new guy yeah. wrote over half of the, most of the album, but do you think he was trying to emulate his favorite era of the band? Maybe, I, yeah. I think I think that he was very conscious of what he, what, what he remembered Judas Priest sounding like, what he liked about it. Richie Faulkner is the MVP for Judas Priest this year because did he knock knock it out of the park? Because he mixed, he took British Steel, yeah, um, 
and Screaming for Vengeance and mixed it with, with the right killer. amount of Painkiller yes. and Sad Wings era, 70s era Priest. Yeah, I can see that. And and the synthesis, like the songs are so good. Some of the songs are the most daring songs Priest has ever done. No, no, no. Okay, don't get me wrong. The songs in themselves are quite good. There's not a there's not a single filler song on this album. I can't get over the production. It was in my top five albums of the year. Um, the production is too uh, too clinical sometimes. They needed to maybe have a more muted 80s production, and it might have been the album of the year. Uh, maybe. And, and, but I, I think that, yeah, the production was too sterile for its own good. You know, okay, uh, Gamma Ray put a new album out this year. Which it didn't make my top. No, it's actually forgettable. Uh, there's some good tracks on there. there. Avalon's really good. Yeah, but there's a track on there I can't think of the name of right now. But it it sounds more like Judas Priest than anything on this new Judas Priest album. Yeah, but I don't think that takes away from the fact that this is a brilliant Judas Priest album. I didn't say it did take away from it, but because you could say that Primal Fear's new album in 2014 yes. sounded more, but that's just like. Look, I think you have to think about the path Judas Priest has taken. So after the Ripper years, what did they have to come back to? They had to come back and settle on something. So Angel Retribution was a very shaky album. I mean, there's some horrible stuff on that album. <laughs> but there's some really you know, memorable, uh, yeah. epic stuff on there. Um, Title track itself. But Nostradamus was a mistake. No. There were there were two songs in the album that were classic Priest, and then the rest of it was just, I don't know what you guys are doing. They are trying to make a full-blown They were trying to be Queensryche or, or something. I don't know. We don't want to discuss Nostradamus, so just forget that album ever happened. But think about the years it took. But 2005 to 2008, and then from 2008 to 2014... A lot of time has elapsed since they've been able to get together and do something. So for them to come cold after losing a major member um, and and create an album that is like just the most bracing listen I've ever had of a Priest album since Painkiller, I, I, I just I, – I, it's not the fact that it was so surprising that made it good. It's the fact that it was so good that made mm. it good. The, the fact that I'm listening to it going I, – uh, for example, here, here's why this I know this album is great. We're driving back from the Renaissance Festival, and I have my my buddy John in the car. John doesn't care about Judas Priest. He's been a maiden guy all his all his metal listening life. He's very meh on Priest. But I put a couple of tracks. I was just, I started kind, playing. I'm kind of that guy. I, to I, be, well, to I be start, perfectly. Honest. I started playing Priest from the new album, and he was like into it. And he's like, "What am I listening to?" I'm like, "Judas Priest, the new album." He's like, "Ah, oh, this is good. This is great." He I was, hate you for making me he like was this. Totally sold on the album, and he and he was just you know. He, he he champions the album now, and I I feel like that coming from that guy who was so anti so meh on Priest before. I'll tell you what, since you are the metal pigeon and everything, I will <laughs> I will give this album another shot. Oh, I, I think you have to. I, I don't think anyone can. No one can sit here. I have to. I have no to one know. can sit here and deny. I, I, I was just told I have to. <laughs> no one can deny a song like Valhalla off the new album. No one can deny a song like Sword of Damocles, which I believe. Um, that is a song we were about to listen to. Yes, and and you can't sit here and listen to that song and tell me that Valhalla does stick in my stick out of my mind now. Uh, Dragonaut, despite despite the stupid title, is a great song. Um, it, it's even not the Black Sabbath uh, track. Even the the beginning of the end, that the sort of eerie ballad that that closes the album. I thought that was just really well done. This very understated ballad, um, not really that melodic, but but just. Spooky and eerie enough. Yeah, to isn't make it. Howl the Valhalla? Couldn't you imagine like a Monomars doing that trick? Yeah, yeah. Howl is a Valhalla is a great song. Um, Sora Damocles is the 
single best Judas Priest song I've heard since um, Metal Metal Meltdown. Wow. <laughs> so just, All right, just great. Let's get into it. Yeah. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Judas Priest, Sword of Damocles off Redeemer of Souls. So what'd you think? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's st- still something about that. It, it's just not sitting well with me. It's like bad indigestion or something. You said the drum sound was bothering The drum sound is a little, little bothersome. Huh. I don't know. I didn't even think about it. I, I When I think about the production, I'm thinking about the overall... Um, what I'm hearing overall from everything mixed together, and I and I feel like yeah, it is a little bit too. Um, it needs to be more mu- like I don't know how to say it. This, doesn't feel cohesive. It needs to be more muted, like 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 '80s style production muted. You know, which you do hear popping up on on some albums that come out recently. Um, but you know, I mean, I can I'm I'm really. I have a ability, I think, to just overlook production flaws. That's your superpower. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I can overlook them if the songwritings are good. You know, it's like it's like on the Insomnium album, like "Lose Tonight." Yeah, I have a problem with the production on that album, but uh-huh. it didn't bother me uh, listening to that song. You know, so I don't know. What do you think? I, you know, I, I kind of clarified while we were talking because I, I kind of identified with your friend before we broke for the song yeah. uh, being kind of meh on Judas Priest. And uh, that may even be a little bit harsh for me. I'm certainly not anti-Judas Priest. I enjoy Judas Priest. Uh, I just don't have the same investment in them as I do, you know, many other bands. So um, for me, I was, I was surprised th- about this album very much so because I do remember to hit on your point earlier, Nostradamus just being this like train wreck. <laughs> yeah, it was really bizarre, and I was like, "Well, they're done." Yeah, you know. And so I was, I was very surprised by this album and and just how good the songwriting really was in it. So yeah. it was, it was very enjoyable. So yeah. and this this was a great track. This was one of the ones that I really enjoyed from the album as well. Kudos to Judas so, Priest. Yep. So let's spend a little bit of time, and then we're going to have a, this is going to be a two parter episode. We're going to yeah. play more music next time as well. But I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the albums that really stuck out to us this year. If you if you were to quantify it again, our top ten, sort of. Yeah, you want to want to you want to do that? Okay, let's do it. Um, number one for me. Let's let's start from the back. The back end is the way you're supposed to do it, right? Starts from the back and go to the front. I, I do it the opposite way, just because I, I try to buck the trend. But okay, fuck the trend. You I'm going to go from number five and then number three. You can then... go front to to back, but the, you can't go back again. Okay, you can't right. you can't go back <laughs> to front. You can't go back no, to it's, front. It's, no, yeah, clean up first. Okay, you can't go ask the mouse either. <laughs> All, right. All right, we're not going there. Uh, number one for me, threshold. The album for the journey. I could see that. I, 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 what, I mean, because I can't get into that band myself that much, but I know so many other people whose opinions I respect really love that band. I, I, I can, I'll accept that. So the 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 sheer joy I get from listening to an album from Threshold cannot be measured by any top ten list, but I'm gonna try. Um, this you know, you know, as the young kids say, I get the feels. From this album, yeah, there's something about this band that elicits an emotional response from me. I don't know what it is. It's just something about this, these guys, the way they write their music, the the vocals, the harmonies, everything about it. It, it just it, it gets me right in the feels. Hmm. 
It was good. That's all you need. That's all the reason that's it. you need. I mean, it, you can't explain it. It's just that's yeah. what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's the most con- uh, that's the reason that has the most conviction too. You know? Yeah. Not like oh, it's the most brutal or, or you know the oh, I like brutal the shit best. too, yeah. but yeah, it it all depends on if it's well written and well yeah. done. Yeah. So what's your number number one? Triosphere was my number one, just by a mile, by a landslide, <laughs> and, and and they were so. And how did you get turned on to that band? You introduced exactly. me to them, but they were just like I had heard the name before. I just kind of figured yeah. that the name. I thought they were just sort of like a tech death metal. Right, band. I thought it was that's, like math metal. What, yeah. Kind of, do you know about Triosphere? No, I haven't listened to them before. They are they, but from it sounds the, like they should be on stage with Tesseract. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, yeah. No, but they're they're from Norway. They're a uh, female fronted female fronted metal band that the her, the vocalist her name's Ida Hawkwind. She's not operatic or nor is she ethereal or anything. She's kind of like gravelly and Wilson bit. of Heart. Yeah, okay. mixed with Doro Pesh, kind of just a, you know aggressive but still cool. melodic. And the songwriting is so what did I who did I compare it to? I said it was like Evergrey meets Rush. Yeah, exactly. That's a good comparison. Yeah, all right. Very dark, very moody. Mm-hmm. They can be technical when they want to, but they don't show off too much. They just kind of flash here and there, sort of like suggesting like, "Hey, we can do this if we want to." We're not. Yeah, we're more interested in melodic songwriting. Uh, the album of the year by a mile for me just crushed everything, and it came in like and like the last possible. It came in. To, and me, yes. uh, the, the first week of December. <laughs> so I was just That's, like, yeah. And it just kicked. It, it, I had, you know, I, it just destroyed everything for me. So, How about you, Dave? Favorite album of the year? Um, I'm I'm probably gonna have to go with Behemoth on this one. The Satanist. Wow. I, I know that's that, nicely. Timed. I know that's yeah. convenient. That's but, convenient. But that's that's really the case. I <laughs> I I. Fucking love Behemoth. Behemoth yeah, a great has, album. has been one of my favorite bands for a long time. They're it, it's um, weird. They're 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 accessible to a lot of people. I think they've become that way. Um, I I don't know that they always were, but I th- yeah. I think both the landscape has changed to, and I think that they kind of made that happen a little bit. Yeah, I think they helped change the landscape, and that that made them. Um, more of a household name, and so I know they get a whole lot of hate because any th- time you become a household name, people are going to fucking hate on you. Oh, they they um, sold out. They're yeah. not true. And blah, I, blah, blah. I I could not disagree with people who say that more. I I think Behemoth are are true artists. They're phenomenal performers, and he's overcome uh, a lot of shit. And in his he life. has overcome so much. And for, and knowing that what he went through the past few years, yeah, not yeah. with his health, you know. Plus all of the political problems that they've had and all these kinds of things, to me that all makes this album that much more. But, powerful. but even just the album itself, they did everything right on this album. The they they got organic. Mm-hmm. Part of my oh, criticism yeah. of them in the past was they're, they're, they sounded too clinical. They were too techy. They were too. It was so. There were parts of their music that were just uninteresting to me. They got warm on this album. Yes. They got organic. They got fluid. They, it sounds like they had Agalock rub off against them mm-hmm. musically. And you're right. I don't disagree with you. Even and, though they're one the of my favorite bands, is, is more interesting. I I, I can see this kind of like too polished thing. Um, uh, and, but this one wasn't. God, that's, the, no. that's the great thing about the Satanists is it's, it's it's messy and it's raw at times in a way that they have never been they 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 sh- they were more black metal than death metal for the first time in their career in a long time and it and it actually worked to their advantage to do this and I'm not sure how they're going to follow it up um but I think the fact that they're exploring more of that sound they went as far as they could with death metal mm-hmm. 
the fact that they're incorporating more of a dissection aspect to them is um I think was the difference in this album being so great, you know, aside from just good songwriting. So there's so much, um, I think there's so much of his experience that goes into his delivery. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's it was, not it was just emotional too. It's not. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. It's not just this, this awesome technical performance, this awesome production performance is an emotional performance as well. The, the, you know, there are parts of this album where I thought he sounded like Aishin. Really? Emperor. Like where I huh. thought, like I haven't thought about it that way, and not not, not from like the Emperor era, from like his solo album yeah. era. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. That's so yeah. like that's I the vibe I got in a lot of this stuff. I thought like, well, that could that sounds like it could have been an Aishin solo album. So I don't know. I was, I was totally blown away by this album. I'm not going to so. get into it now, but you're you and me are going to have to go round and round about how you pronounce that. Yeah, and I was about to say Aishin. So- <laughs> I was like, who are you talking about? Aishin. Aishin. It's either Aishin or Aishin or Aishin. Because yeah. is it pronounced like Nissan, like the I car company? I don't think so. I don't know. Every time I hear it pronounced, it's Aishin, something like that. Aishin. Hmm. That's how all everyone I know pronounces it. So this is like an episode of Sesame Street for metalheads. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, let's go on. To, we'll, we'll quickly go through some of our other top albums. Uh, we've already mentioned Insomnium. I think that's probably. Sitting pretty high up there for all of us. Yeah, Ghost Brigade was up there for me too. They were number two on my list. That was a great record. You um, know what? I love the new Ghost Brigade, but if I had to pick somewhere, it got pushed out by Paul Bear. Yeah, I didn't get around to the Paul oh Bear. Oh my album. god, dude. That that album just came and, and threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting to love it so much. It's everything I love about Swallow the Sun. And vocally, he it, he sounds like it, he, he's not quite as good, but he has, he has like that Robert Lowe quality from like Solitude Eternus. Mm. And everything about this album, it just it it's just top notch for me, man. It's doom metal the way I love it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It, it, I've heard this name for a long time and just never okay okay. You know, it's one of those bands that I'll listen to eventually. I'm like I'll get to that, and I finally got. I was like okay preparing for what I was listening to for the for the year end man it just hit me like a ton of bricks I want to say the best pure black metal album of the year was uh, Blue Dos Nord Memoria Vetusta 3 Saturnian Poetry he finally finally got back to just doing black metal like the way he did in those first two ancient classic albums all those years ago in the 90s um, this is just this album it's like it's like, wow, you know, classic Norwegian black metal, second wave black metal sounds really good when the production is crisp and clear. Mm-hmm. Like, these are there's beautiful guitar melodies going on in this thing. It's really dense, really really layered, really you have to sit there and, and focus on it, but those melodies pop so well and the and the guitar tones are so great. And uh, it just it, it was the most I, I I sort of checked out on Blue Dots North for all the years he's been doing this industrial crossover type stuff and and when he this album came as a total surprise to me just the fact that he got back to this this project this uh, memory of atusta trilogy mm-hmm. the second part was sort of industrialish and that disappointed me the that's, first yeah, that's where i sort of like drew away from these guys for a while it, when they started doing yeah. a lot of that yeah, which i don't this is pure black metal really i haven't i haven't i didn't even put this on my my playlist at all i haven't even heard it yet yeah and it was it was a late it was like october when they got this album so huh. it kind of snuck in there too uh, another another band that I've always heard of that never really um, hit me until this year was Septic Flesh. Yeah, that was yeah. a good album. Oh my I forgot God. about that one. That's a good... Yeah. Titan is such a titan of albums, pardon my pun, but 
Um, no, I'm never. I'm no. Never mind. I never pardon my own puns. I, I'm there for him. And Dave, you and I were talking about the Primordial album. Yeah, the Primordial album. Where greater really men good. have fallen. Yes, I, that's in my top fifteen. If I had to pick a number, but it's it's the, it's not like my favorite Primordial album. I don't mm-hmm. think, but it's it's definitely. I think it's the, the title most track accessible. is really, really, really good. Yeah, it, it, the first, just the way it opens that sheer. It was the most brutal primordial album. Why well, did they? You say done. it's primordial. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Puns. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> going back to septic flesh, real quick. Yeah. It's um, and it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea because it's very you know, you know, it's cinematic in style and scope. It's if you if it's if it's like um, if Danny Elfman mm-hmm. had started an extreme brutal death metal band. Yeah, they're from Greece, right? Yes, they are. They are. That's Greek. something strange about like the Greece metal scene, like Rotting Christ, yeah. and Septic Flesh have that in common, where it's like very. Weird they're both sort of rotting, film, filmesque, cinematic yeah. influences in their metal. For me, yeah. Rotting Christ does it. It's more interesting musically what they did in their last album, but. But the Septic Flesh album was good. I, it just didn't, for me, it didn't hold my attention enough to make it last in my mind. What about the new Bloodbath? The new Bloodbath was phenomenal. Yes, it's good. Oh, I yeah, was really very good. skeptical going we, in because I think we all were. Yeah, because uh, I think the new the new vocalist pick was seemed a little bit out of left field. And looking back on that now, it's like why? It, it's like it's perfect. It's like it, it, it's like well, there's um, no real gentleman Jack and Coke. Yeah, like we were drinking earlier. Yeah, you're like it doesn't. That's not going to go well together, but it really, really does. I think that. Um, my the way the fact that it didn't make my best albums list, it's not. I'm not saying it's not a good album. It is a good album. I guess I just didn't really. I didn't know what to expect so much that when I got it, I I just had to let it marinate for a while. And I and I, you you realize okay yeah on the surface is a good album. What was I expecting? I don't know what I was expecting from Bloodbath. The the it guitar tones like on this the guitar tone yeah the guitar tones on this album are a little bit more Swedish you know original death metal mm-hmm. style in nature compared to like the last album which had it but it wasn't like as in your face like it wasn't really the guitar tone wasn't really that in in your face like i guess it just one. it just seemed weird that it was i was listening to bloodbath without um Ackerfeld. well what about when peter tactron was singing for him i yeah it, it i don't know it, it i i guess my thing with tactron is that he he aligns himself much more with that style. Yeah, than, and I was a the Nick Holmes. And Nick Holmes hasn't hasn't done anything this brutal in a long yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I, you a, don't identify it with him as a vocal. And some of that early early Paradise Lost stuff was not great. It was good, but it wasn't like amazing death metal. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly, it wasn't recorded that this well. Well, yeah, so. and it's really old stuff. But they, but uh, that's why I was a little skeptical with him going. I, I'm a huge Paradise Lost fan. But it's a totally different music style, and I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how it would fit yeah. with blood. How he would fit with Bloodbath, and the first track that I heard, it still didn't. I still wasn't sure. It wasn't until I heard the all the, the entirety of the album in full, I was like, okay, this is actually really, really where it should be. I I texted you when I was listening to the yeah. album through for the first time because I was I was that astounded by it that I was like, holy shit, dude, this new Bloodbath is awesome. Yeah, and. Because uh, I and it's it's bloodbath just doing what they do, you know. Hey, you remember 
when death metal sounded like this and wasn't that cool. Exactly. I I think you could say it's probably the best death metal album of the year. I would agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, let's do that. Death metal album number one. Yeah. Uh, The Skull. Uh, If you guys know me, I'm a huge fan of Trouble, the uh, Chicago doom metal band. And this is the band that was formed by three out of the original five members. So my favorite, one of my favorite top five vocalists of all time is Eric Wagner. And um, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. He put out another album this year as well, um, which is called Blackfinger, which is good, but it does not compare to the Skull album. I am I am so addicted to this album, um, and we might even play a track on the next episode mm-hmm. because it, I I want pe- more people to hear it. Yeah. Um, what other what other what else do you have on your list? Um. I would say that uh, Dawn of Destiny was a surprise for me. That band that I've talked about a couple times throughout the year. Oh yeah. Uh, just the fact that they came out of nowhere. It if you now we were just talking about Bloodbath. So if you're more of a Bloodbath person, maybe Dawn of Destiny will be too sugary, too poppy for you because it it really is. Sometimes it sounds like you're listening to a Broadway play. But just the fact that the album was so cohesive, the album Fear was so cohesive. And so well written, just like, but, but and unafraid of how poppy it was. I thought it was one of the best power metal albums of the year. Well, I'm gonna have to give it a little bit more listen to because I I've played a little yeah. of the track that we've played on the show. But uh, what about you, Dave? What else? Um, I've I'm gonna mention um, Exit Wounds by The Haunted just because I like The Haunted and it's it's more of the same to me. I think that's the, the first time I've heard. That name being mentioned on anybody's list, if, if, I I just like the haunted. Nothing I, wrong with the haunted. And, uh, you know they made me do it. I know. I, I know still have did. my. I still have my. When it's cold <laughs> outside and I go running in the morning, sometimes I have my haunt. The haunted made me do it. Um, pullover like hoodie, and it has like the blood stains all over. Yeah. it. And people look at me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah, all right. <laughs> but and like I said, it, it's you know not necessarily anything terribly noteworthy for the haunted. It's who's just, singing for them now? Uh, Isn't it the original vocalist, Peter Dolving? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember now. It's not Marco. Um, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. The Haunted <laughs> are at the gates. Who put out a better album? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know what? Ask me next time. Okay. <laughs> let, I'll, I'll let him percolate on that for yeah, a while. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll listen to him side by side and, and let you know. Uh, but that, that's you know I, I think that the album may be about on that level where I'm like I really enjoyed it because uh, it's more of the haunted and but it's not super noteworthy that it's really yeah. high on my list but I felt like it was worth mentioning it's one that I, I don't think we're gonna play otherwise uh, another one was uh, Noctimistium uh, the world we left behind did Re- you did you buy the album did no you ever I didn't get it? no <laughs> no I did not buy the album and I I do have kind of mixed feelings you know given the guy the shadiness the guy, of it all yeah, yeah because given the guy props it all because of just how shady and awful he's been to yeah. his fans and well, every, and apparently like everyone he's worked with but it's yeah. not like it's not like there's never been assholes in metal before no so no. <laughs> so that being said just listening to and also for me like I wasn't really aware of any of that going on until after I right. heard the album because yeah. I've checked out on Nognistium for a long time and so uh, and I got kind of turned on to this one because I was just checking out other people's lists and this made somebody's list. I went, oh, Knock Mistium. I haven't listened to them in a long time. This one's making somebody's list. I should check that out. And I did. And I really enjoyed it. You can't, can't um, deny that guy's talent. Is it, yeah. So 
I, I listened to it once. I don't really remember it too much. Is it more psychedelic in nature? Is it more raw? It's more. I I would call it. I don't know. I would say more raw. Okay. Um, and kind of atmospheric. Uh, okay. Atmospheric, maybe more than anything, which is what I enjoyed about it. I really. So moving on, the best Nevermore comeback of the year was Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's a really, really fucking good album. It's a good um, album. I, I, you know, I, I feel like um, it's. I, I don't know. I feel like uh, there's a couple songs in there that didn't quite hit the same heights as the best moments on that album. That's what makes it sort of uneven for me. Yeah. I can agree um, with that. So here's here's my little small review that I wrote about the album. Yeah. So okay, talk about comeback album of the year. First off, get over the fact that this is not a straight up late '80s thrash album, and you will enjoy yourself much better. Um, in fact, this is as close to a new Nevermore album as you were ever going to get. <laughs> the band is in top form here, and Moral Dane is proving why he is still one of the best metal vocalists out there. It's not really Nevermore, it's not really Sanctuary, but it's a little bit of mixture of the parts. I think that's pretty dead on. Uh, to me, I, I'm just glad to hear Moral Dane yeah. put in work out, because like you said, he's, he's a phenomenal vocalist. I just like hearing him work. Uh, I've mentioned this to you before. Um, I really... I. I found out about Sanctuary through Nevermore. So right. Nevermore is really what I know. And I'm not that familiar with the old Sanctuary material. So we, You know who we have to thank for Sanctuary? And for Nevermore in general? Dave Mustaine. Dave, Dave Mustaine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Arise and we did Purify. something good. <laughs> Arise and Purify was one of the best metal songs of the year. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. We've played that a few times. That's why we're not yeah. <laughs> playing on this episode. Uh, so, well, Sabaton released a really good album this year. Heroes, yes. Heroes. It's not the best album of their career, but I will. No. it's noteworthy to me um, because it's the first time in their career they've, they they decided to write thematically, lyrically about nonviolence. Sabaton. Sure, yeah. Like, like all these songs in this album are about acts Heroes. of... Heroism. Of, of heroism, but they're not violent acts of heroism. They're, in fact, they're they're very altruistic and peaceful. And 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 um, uh, I'm I never from, thought about it that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, every uh, I, I looked at every song in the album. Like you know, there's a song about the guy who voluntarily, a Polish war hero, voluntarily went into Auschwitz to get to record evidence to present to the Polish government in exile and the British government. You know, documenting war crimes. There's a song about uh, No Bullets Fly uh, where it was a Nazi fighter pilot who uh, could have shot down a wounded American B- B-2 bomber, B-52 bomber, whatever it was, um, and he escorted him to safety instead. I think we're going to we're gonna play a track from, on the next episode that was yeah. already, it's already on our playlist, so we'll discuss this album a little bit more. It's, it's, but it afforded it's, them the opportunity to buy a badass tank drum <laughs> riser. If you haven't seen this... It's amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Always audacious sabaton. I know, right? I hope it shoots real bullets. That'd yeah. be nice. <laughs> Only during when they play New Bullet Fly, like fire shoots out of the tank. Come on. <laughs> um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the new Devin Townsend, but not both of it. I, I do like the Ziltoid sequel, but the other album on there is called Sky Blue. And it's it's not as good as like Addicted and 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 uh, what's the last album called? Can't think of the name right now. I feel like a bad fan. Mm, mm. Faux pas right there. I know <laughs> what the fuck. Um, but Silent Militia is probably one of my favorite tracks of the year. It's a really good album. Um, I'm gonna have to say November's Doom. 
which uh, we're going to be playing them this evening. This will be one of our last tracks. Um, the album Bled White, they they've kept true to their you know their their death doom, but there's so much different style on this album. Um, Paul Kerr is still one of my favorite vocalists of any, his his deep growls, his guttural stuff, and it's so clear. But he he sort of mixes it up more in this album by doing more clean vocals. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, there's probably like people who listen to the show pretty consistently who are probably like, you guys talk about Sabaton and November's Doom way too much, and we just mentioned those two bands back. I know, <laughs> right? That's true. Hey, when you like something, you like something, well, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, and the guys in November's Doom are really cool guys too. They're yeah. down to earth, so. Um, I've already mentioned Paul Bearer, but Hammerfall made my list. They didn't make my list. You're looking at me crazy, like uh, no, no, no. I'm not. I, I just, I, I was, I had high hopes for the album, but they, again, it's a it, that was this is an, uh, one of those rare instances where production would have helped. Um, but, but you know, like maybe having a more uh, compressed sound to it, maybe mm. having more of a mellow death production instead of power metal mm. production. But I also feel like. If they're trying to go back to that era, that those first two albums, the Glory to the Brave era, and that was that style, you really needed to have mellow death guitar riffs instead of in place of power metal guitar riffs, not spacey riffing. You needed compressed, um, hyper, you know, kinetic Gothenburg fretting. <laughs> you know, you need you need that style of guitar work to make it feel like that era and you know that's that's just not who they are anymore so yeah i have a confession to make about hammerfall i think i've mentioned this before i wasn't a fan of theirs until a couple years ago yeah no you you mentioned that and it was sort of like a light turning on it was like wow i really do like these guys i don't think i've hit that moment for them yet personally i've 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 kind of come in and out you know hammerfall yeah i I don't think i feel like if the hammer hasn't fallen yet not yet Uh, you gotta listen to those first two albums yeah um, but I also feel like if it, if that doesn't if that moment never happens, it's okay because Hammerfall is just one of those bands that's just good to uh, just to enjoy every now and then. They're not really like a a band where I feel like a lot of people are diehard. <laughs> okay. Like Hammerfall is the greatest band in the world. Maybe they have a, like a diehard contingent of fans like that, but they're not. They don't inspire the same level of passion like Blind Guardian does or something. You know. So nor should they. Do you have any other um, albums in your list? Uh, uh, you know, I think um, I want to mention Noble Beast because um, uh, those guys, the Minneapolis band, came out of nowhere, yes, and released this uh, knockout. One of our album. one of our fans got in contact with us through Facebook and said that he knows those guys, yeah, and he would definitely hook us up to get him on the show. And oh, I think we should do that. Uh, yeah, I'm part of this power metal group, uh, this Facebook group, and and the lead singer is in the group. Yeah. he's chatting all the time. It's like. Let's do it. Yeah, they they were number ten on my list, uh, best album wow. of the year. So I think next episode when we play some more music, we're going to talk about our our honorable mentions because I know we have a lot of those. But uh, we should also talk about more um, disappointments too. There's the disappointments <laughs> coming. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. We'll save all that for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've talked for a long time in this segment, so let's let everybody know where they can get a hold of us. All that you know, wrap up stuff, and we're going to play two last tracks to end, to end this episode. Okay. So, um, of course, you can find MSRCast everywhere on the internet, MSRCast.com. You can find us on MetalInjection.net. You can find us on MetalGeeks.net, iTunes, subscribe to us, like us there, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, Google Plus is a question mark, maybe. <laughs> it's all the ones I can think of. 
Google Plus stymies me. I don't understand anything about Google Plus. I've it, tried to. It's more like Google Minus. But <laughs> um, I'm, I really I'm, want uh, to believe in Google Plus. I really do. But there's no one. No one's on there. I know. It's a shame. But I would. I if circles. People, if what? there, if people would migrate there from Facebook, I would be there. I would be in. I would be leading the charge. Something the only time I ever used so. Google Plus is when we used to record shows through it. Yeah. You know what? What you just said there about Facebook. I'm all for that. Let's get something else besides Facebook. Yeah. Let's, let's, I don't, let's, I don't. let's hold this conversation. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can I can really talk about it. Yeah. Um, where can they find you, Sean? Uh, the website, www.themetalpigeon.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter at the metal pigeon, metal pigeon at the, the, the metal pigeon at gmail.com if you want to email me and tell me about something. So tell me about a band that I should be listening to. Yeah. Our email, MSRCast. That's how at, someone told me about Noble Beast. Like yeah. some guy, this guy, Eric Futterman, emailed me. He's like, you are not talking about Noble Beast, and you really need to know about them. If you and have a band that you, we should listen to, or if you are in a band you want us to check us out, you want yeah. us to check you out, msrcast at gmail.com. Send us a link. We, we've gotten a few recently. We're going to play in a show down the road. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Um, I was looking at that email today. That's yeah. interesting. So, let's, Dave, where can people find you? Uh, so, MSRCast listeners might not know, but I, I run Geekazoid with my wife. Uh, I love Geekazoid. Yep, and I love Geekazoid is where you can find us online, ilovegeekazoid.com, and you can find us on all of your social media stuff at I Love Geekazoid. Yeah, if you need band stickers or logo decals or shirts T-shirts, now, yeah. yeah. This is a place to go to, man. Yep, we do all that stuff, buttons and stuff you probably haven't thought of. Damn, I still need to hit you up about the t-shirt thing. <laughs> and you can find both of us, Dave and myself, and sometimes Sean, as well as our other co-host, George, uh, at MetalGeeks.net. We just put out our, like I said, the 2014 Rewind episode part one. We have another one coming up next week. Just a lot of geeky stuff. And can we mention a, a thank you to anyone who shared the the, the Christmas episode we did? Yes. Like, let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> This the holiday like an, episode an unlikely hit for us. Yeah, the holiday episode sort of blew up. It was great. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. A ton of people downloaded it and played And it. welcome to anybody new checking out the show because yeah. of that. Yeah. We we continue on like that. All I, the time. I, I I think it's funny because we were so I remember we were just so sleepy when we were doing that week. Oh, we're so tired. <laughs> we had just recorded another like a Metal Geeks or something. Yep. And yeah, it's just strange how things work out like that. So. I know, man. Yeah, check out the last episode. It was, it was a lot of fun. I listened to it on Christmas Eve driving to my friend's house. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Some of those songs are crazy. <laughs> Where else are you going to hear Exhumed and and the and the, the Hanukkah metal band? That was nuts. Yes. Yeah. All right. So um, one last thing. Oh, the last two bands we're going to hear. We mentioned Behemoth, so we're going to hear the title track from the Satanist which is one of Dave's picks, one of his favorite tracks of the year, and November's Doom, Heartfelt, from the album Blood White, one of my favorite albums of this year. Anything to, or this past year, let's say. Anything else we need to say before we uh, sign off? Um, Dallas Cowboys suck. <laughs> I was going to say keep it metal, but... And keep it metal. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit MSRcast.com. Metal or die! Let's get your metal all the time! Yeah!